Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, first of all, we've been off for a couple weeks, so we're glad to be back. But during those last couple weeks, it certainly got warm out, hasn't it? And uh, with those hot days, the temperatures on the local lakes and ponds, they've also risen. Uh, which brings us to our topic today, freshwater jellyfish. I'm going to pause for a minute. Yeah, this is exactly the response that I thought I'd get. Um, probably think that we need to take another break from the radio because we don't have jellyfish in Susquehanna County. But think again. So living within the reaches of our local waterways is an organism in the kingdom Cnidaria, and that's the same kingdom as jellyfish. So what's the name of this jelly creature? It's the hydra. So let's jump right into it. Yeah, so these hydra are really small, um, inconspicuous relatives of coral, sea anemones, and like you said, jellyfish. So they're characterized by radially symmetrical bodies. So yeah, they actually have tentacles just like a jellyfish, and only one opening in their body. So their body's a hollow tube. Um, it consists of two layers of cells, and they're very, very small. Um, they're only 1 to 20 millimeters in total body length. Yeah, so I just wanted to see, like what we could kind of compare that to and i found so the thickness of a nickel was two millimeters just for comparison so that's pretty small you know it's kind of hard to see with the eye especially if you're looking in water yeah they're best seen with a magnifying glass or a microscope or something like that um when their body's extended and they have their tentacles waving in the water they kind of look like a small piece of string that's become frayed at one end and if they're disturbed, they'll contract their body and tentacles and resemble basically a small blob. So hydras are fairly simple animals. Um, they move their bodies about in the water while they're attached to different um, structures. And they extend and contract by a mixture of muscle movement and water pressure. And they actually create this hydraulic pressure inside their digestive cavity. They have these little flagella, which they're basically hair-like structures on their surface. And they beat these like miniature oars, and they can create currents which draw water into their digestive cavity. And then this raises the water pressure inside of them, and it causes their body to increase in length. Right, so hydra, they're not always attached to, you know, substrate like the, the plants living in the water. They can actually move from one spot to another, either by gliding along the basal disc, or, you know, they get out their circus acts and they uh, do some somersaulting along. Um, so when they're somersaulting, they detach the basal disc and then bend over and place the tentacles down on the substrate, like the leaf matter or whatever's in the water. Um, and then this is followed by reattaching the basal disc further along. So that's how they move. Uh, they'll also float in the water upside down. When they're floating, it's because the basal disc actually produces a gas bubble and that carries the animal's up to the water surface. Uh, so there is a structure called a basal disc on the bottom of the tube-like body and it secretes a sticky substance and that helps the hydras to attach themselves to a solid base. So we kind of talked about this at the beginning but they can be found in freshwater ponds, slow-moving rivers, um, lakes, and that's where they usually attach themselves to the submerged plants or rocks. So they are carnivorous, um, which means that they feed mainly on small crustaceans or things like water fleas, um, daphnia, and small worms. 
And although they're fairly simple, the stinging cells that they use to catch their prey are pretty complex. So they have a number of different types of stinging cells, and they're called nematocysts on their tentacles. So they have these coiled tubes that are shot out at any passing prey, and the prey get all tangled up, and then they're unable to move um, once they're wrapped up in the tentacles. And then they also have a second kind of nematocyst, and these have barbs and spines, and they're fired into the prey. And these release neurotoxins and paralyze the prey. So they kind of got a little arsenal going on, which is crazy. Yeah, for as small as they are, they can do a lot. So you mentioned toxin, and you know everybody asks, oh, is that going to have an effect on humans? No, it's not. Um, unlike the toxins of the stinging cells in jellyfish, which we're familiar with, you know, at the shore, um, these, you know, they're not like that at all. Um, they won't hurt humans, um, just not powerful enough. But for prey, uh, they can be paralyzed and the tentacles will pull towards the mouth. That's where they'll swallow it, they'll digest it in their digestive cavity. So much of the digestion is accomplished by enzymes, just like on our body, and secrete into the cavity. So this means that Hydra can eat relatively large prey in comparison to their size. Um, and small particles resulting from the digestion, they're engulfed by the cells lining in the digestive cavity. In catching their prey, Hydra use up a lot of their nematocysts, which can only be discharged once. So there was a study that was carried out on one species of Hydra, which showed that 25% of the nematocysts on the tentacles were used up in the process um, while catching and eating one of those brine shrimp. It actually took about 48 hours to actually replace the nematocysts. So now that we know about their process of eating, how they catch the prey, let's talk a little bit about reproduction because this one's crazy. Yeah, so these guys reproduce in a really unique way and they can actually bud new individuals from the body wall. So basically a branch of the body cylinder is produced with a digestive cavity, which is continuous with that of the parent, and they have tentacles and a mouth at the top. And eventually this little base will pinch off from the parent and become a new separate hydra. It's mind-blowing. I don't know. The more I read about it, the more crazy it got. Yeah, that's their usual method of reproduction in the warmer months. Um, they have several more means of reproduction that they can do throughout the winter to make sure that they have a healthy population in the spring, but we don't really have time to discuss all of them today. But we do have a few fun facts. So let's get to it. So we're talking about uh, reproduction. So how about this one? So Hydra has a great power of regeneration. This was discovered by Abraham Tremley back in 1745. So if a living Hydra animal is cut into two or three or more pieces. Each missing part actually grows and becomes a complete animal. To even go farther, a fragment of the hydra measuring a sixth of a millimeter or more in diameter is actually capable of regenerating an entire individual. It's yeah, crazy. That's mind blowing. Um, they also have a low tolerance for pollution and they can't be found in impaired water. So they need that clean water to survive. Um, just like us. So there's also another study carried out by Martinez that was back in 1998. And that study suggested that Hydra do not undergo aging. Uh, there's really no apparent signs of decline in reproductive rate. And to go further, Hydra are constantly regenerating their own bodies too. 
Um, so that means they're replacing all of their cells within 20 days. So this process has a name. It's called non-senescence or biological immortality. Um, I think we'll stop there on that note. There's a lot to think about. Uh, but that's just what scientists are doing as well. Um, they're really studying these freshwater organisms in hopes that we can apply regeneration techniques to the human body um, to help people like him, amputees or um, burn victims, you know, those that are looking to either regrow limbs or regrow healthy skin. Um, so it's, it's an amazing process and there's a lot to learn from these little guys. Um, so something to think about. And who knew that we had these in the water, right? Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah. So I think we got a couple of events to mention as well. Yep. So first one's at Salt Springs State Park. It's coming up this Saturday at 8.30 p.m. It's going to be a star party. Um, Mike and Mary Sinkovich will host their summer star party to see a variety of celestial bodies. Um, they'll begin in the Wheaton House with some viewing tips at dusk, and then they'll move to the field above where you can view the stars. Um, they ask that you bring a cheap flashlight, and they'll help transform it into a red light. Um, as always, you know, cloud cover and rain are unpredictable, so you might want to call the park if the weather looks iffy. Um, fee is $5. It's $15 for families and free for members. The second one's kind of cool. It's at uh, Francis Slocum State Park. It's called Kids and Kayaks, and it's for kids ages 10 to 12, and it's a three-hour learn-to-paddle event. They're actually having them every Tuesday through August 16th. Um, that's in front of the boathouse with Art Coolbaugh. Um, following the lessons, you'll walk to the pool to use a $5 luncheon coupon provided by the snack bar. And then kids can either go swimming or, you know, check out the rest of the park. So these classes begin at 9.30 on every Tuesday and the cost is $35 per person. For more info, you can check out the Francis Slocum State Park website. Cool. Great way to get kids outside and uh, learn a new sport. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. So if you have any questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org. Then you can find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and the contact form where you can reach out and you can ask questions or you can make comments about the show. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. I'm Don Hibbard saying, enjoy the outdoors.